sound and definitely with the frog even doing that announcement that was hard um and i just want to make sure everyone got a syllabus who did, did anyone get not get a syllabus um pass those back over here syllabus or more just what we're doing for the uh the um <clears throat> next couple of weeks here um first timothy 4 7 and 8 says just that um, discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. Amen? Amen. Uh, and this is from the NASAB. For bodily discipline is only of little profit, but godliness is profitable for all things, since it holds promise for the present life, also the life to come. And so this book, basically, Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life, um, to me, it's a classic. A classic in, in Christian literature. It's a recent book, but I feel like this is going to be a classic uh, for many years to come. It's an amazing book on the spiritual disciplines, and it's a fresh look at it. I feel like it's a really encouraging look at it. But also, it's, it's, it's a great challenge to us all uh, of why do we pray? Why do we read our Bibles? And what is discipline all about? And so I want to start with that question. We're going to be going through... All these different things. We're going to be going through two, um, two midweeks on Bible intake, as they call it. Uh, one on scripture reading, memorizing, and meditating on scripture. One midweek on prayer and fasting, which doesn't feel like we're giving prayer and fasting justice. We could, hold, we could do a whole midweek series on prayer and fasting. Worship, another one of those. Evangelism, stewardship, serving, and then... Uh, these are three chapters in one. Silence, journaling, learning, and perseverance. So um, this is going to be an awesome time. And I, I, I guess my biggest encouragement to you is don't just let this midweek pass you by. Get the book. You know, uh, on Facebook, I, get, I put a link that gives you a free Audible book if you haven't signed up for Audible. I've done that before and just canceled it. And uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with it, but you can, you can have a free audio book, listen to it while you're shoveling, um, or get the book on Amazon. Um, great, great book. Um, it's one of these books that I think will help you really take your dis spiritual disciplines higher. But before we jump into everything, when I think discipline, when I say discipline, what, what comes to your mind? Discipline. The word discipline. Don't think. Just say something. That's what happens. Following the rules. Following the rules. Structure. Structure. Discipline. Hard work. <laughs> Hard work. Okay. Hard work. It's like, like you definitely like remind yourself of things. Yeah. Yeah. Consistency. Consistency. Disciplining my son. Yeah, like actual discipline, like you're punishing, punishment of some type, chastisement to uh, help your son, as the Bible says, with many beatings, blows, you drive out the evil of the child. It's in Proverbs, man, that's a real scripture in the Bible, and I believe it's true. It doesn't feel true, but it's true. Um, but what about, what about freedom? You think about freedom when you think about discipline? Freedom? What about, what about excellency? You know, just being excellent at something. And I think about just somebody, there was this great story in the book that I thought was very helpful. It was about a, a kid named Kevin who was starting guitar lessons. 
And he was just, you know, the first couple lessons, he was hating. He was just hating. And then an angel appears to him and says, I'm going to show you someone who can really play. Takes him to this great concert where this guy is just, you know, just playing the guitar, classical guitar, like nobody's business. And he's just amazed at this person who's playing this incredible music. And the angel goes, what do you think about this guy? He's like, he's amazing. He, he just effortlessly goes through the guitar. And he's like, that's you in 15 years. That's you. And then he's back with his guitar, strumming away, trying to get these lousy chords down. And what the whole thought of it is that discipline without direction is drudgery. But discipline with a vision of what God wants you to be is inspiring. And the spiritual disciplines are meant for something. I I think when when I was told, hey, pray, read your Bible, fast, right? Right. Um, You know, evangelism, serving, stewardship of of your money and your time, journaling, learning, silence, solitude. A lot of us... We can go, well, yeah, that's great. You know, it helps me get close to God. And I believe that is the primary reason why we should have our time with God is a very special thing. But fasting, you can have a relationship with God and not fast as much as other people do, can't you? You can have a pretty, you know, okay relationship with God and still be saved in the grace of God and, you know, read the little, you know, nothing wrong with the Bible app, right? But, you know, maybe just go through that for four or five years and not get any deeper than that. Nothing wrong with the Bible, but, but no commentaries, not getting deep enough. And you can still sort of feel close to God, but, but the spiritual disciplines are meant to grow. And the purpose is godliness. And that was just, that kind of was amazing for me. I don't know if that hits you hard, but it hits me hard that to be more like God, that is our ultimate goal, to be more like Christ, right? right. To be more like Jesus. Right. You know, discipline in the Greek means gymnasia, which where we get the word gymnasium, right? Mm-hmm. Or gymnastics, right. exercising yourself, disciplining yourself. Um, the King James says in 1 Timothy 4, 7 through 8, exercise thyself rather unto godliness. Exercise thyself. Train thyself to be godly. You and I, our goal after baptism. Now what? There used to be a study called after baptism. Yeah. Now what? Yeah. I don't know if you ever did that follow study, but I did that with so many people. We're going to do the study called after baptism. Now what? You know? And it was a great study, but really what we should have said is after baptism, now what? You're supposed to become more and more like Jesus. And you don't get to become like Jesus just by trying hard. Or just by going to church. The spiritual disciplines are what help us, amen, Amen. to be more and more like God. I think about 22 years of being a Christian and going through the spiritual disciplines. Going through my Bible. How many times have I read the Bible all the way through? How many times have I memorized scriptures? How many times have I fasted? I'm encouraged to say I don't know how many times. It's like asking me how many shots have you taken in basketball? 
I can't tell you. How many times have you dribbled the ball, Glenn? How many times have you, have you taken a layup? How many times have you defended someone or been in a game or shot a free throw? I can't tell you that because I've disciplined myself in basketball like that. I can say in Christian life, that's also encouraging, but I am getting better and better in those spiritual disciplines. And that means I'm becoming more and more like God. Last year to this year, are you more like God? Are you more like Christ? That's a great kind of test. And sometimes you can't see yourself becoming more like Jesus. I remember when I was really probably like three or four years old spiritually, some guy just came up to me in the fellowship and was like, Glenn, what are you doing, man? What are you eating? You're just on fire for God. And I was like, uh, I don't know, man. I don't know what you're talking about, but uh, I'm just trying to finish my homework today. <laughs> you know, I was kind of feeling a little overwhelmed about my life, and there's a lot going on. And he's like, so what are you reading? And I was like, um, what, like, are you doing a special devotional book? I'm like, no, just reading my Bible. What are you doing? Well, Sajin Sharma told me that he tried to read the Bible in a month. And I was like, whoa, that's pretty inspiring. Read the whole Bible in a month. So I tried to do it, you know, maybe in three months, because I'm not as smart as Sajin. So I tried to do it in three months, and it took me four months. But I passed my classes, and I read the Bible, amen? And I, and I played on the basketball team, and I got it. I'm engaged now, so I'm, I'm feeling good about that. And I can't tell you what I did spiritually, but, but all I did was read the Bible. And other people saw me grow and change. And that's an example of the spiritual disciplines making you more and more like Christ. Amen. That's the goal. Amen? Yeah. Amen. Like blind Bartimaeus, who shouted aloud, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Or Zacchaeus, who was so short, he climbed up a tree, right? Mm -hmm. The spiritual disciplines place ourselves in the path of God's grace to seek him and therefore be transformed by him. You know, when we fast, we are transformed. When we're reading our Bibles, we're getting transformed. This is not just something we're doing just to check off something on our list. I think we, we look at the spiritual discipline still as a guilty thing. Even now, you might be feeling guilty. Oh, I should have read my Bible. I didn't really read it that much today. Prayed. I didn't know. Pray. I got to get better in that. Throw the guilt away. Think about the fact, like Kevin, in the lessons he was doing with his guitar, right? See the vision of who you are going to become, like he did. I wish an angel could show you, hey, you see that guy preaching? You see that guy and his being a great father? You see that guy you know, at his workplace being like Christ? You see that guy, how he's able to do this and do that? Wow, who's that guy? That's me. You know, that's encouraging if you could see the future, right? Yeah. And realize what God's doing. Amen? Right. Yeah. So discipline without direction is drudgery. And if you think that reading your Bible is a drudgery, your heart isn't... I'm not saying, oh, you have a bad heart. I think you lack direction. I think you lack the perspective of what we're talking about right now. Because... There's something about being transformed that there, there, nothing else can replace. Amen? Amen? 
being transformed into being more and more like Jesus, to becoming more and more of who we're supposed to be. Amen? Um, really cool to think about this, but, you know, um, fasting, prayer, Bible study, worship, meditation, journaling, serving, stewardship, evangelism can feel like drudgery sometimes. Who loves to fast? <laughs> you know, it's interesting. Fasting is one of these things where I feel more sinful while I fast. And I've kind of learned to realize that that's actually my sensitivity mm-hmm. has heightened when I fast. Mm-hmm. To realize who I am before God. Mm-hmm. When I'm kind of edgy and I feel that edginess, you know, that you feel when you're hungry, right? Yeah. That dizziness, that weakness. Fasting gives me the sensitivity of who I am before God. He humbles me to a point and helps me be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And so now I, I, I'm sort of enjoying more and more fasting. And it's getting easier for me. I used to be like hungry. Oh, I'm hungry. Now I can fast and I'm not, I'm okay. My wife's like, what's going on with you? How come you, you're not freaking out like me? And I, I don't know why. I'm just used to it. You know, I also got some fat. Amen. You know? You know, when, when someone said, you know, if, if I'm hungry, you can always go to the, the, the you know, button thighs cafe. It's right there. Take some from that body, you know. But the truth is, I'm used to it. And Jesus was a beast with it. 40 days, 40 nights. Yeah. You know, we see Christ doing the spiritual disciplines. Why? Well, because he was getting close to his father, but he was also becoming more and more godly. You can, well, he was God. Well, if he was doing that, and we're trying to be like him, you know, like, oh, I want to be like Tiger Woods, or I want to be like Michael Jordan or LeBron James. I want to be like this person. Well, we have to do what they do. Yeah. And so, therefore, doing the spiritual disciplines means to imitate Christ. Amen? Amen. Um, and so I want us to think about 10, 20, 30 years from now, doing the spiritual disciplines, and who you're going to become. And that gets me excited personally about wanting to grow in my Bible study, wanting to grow in my prayer life, wanting to grow in all these spiritual disciplines. It's not drudgery anymore. It's amazing. It's fun. Quickly, the the next thing I want us to think about is how discipline, spiritual discipline brings freedom in your life. What do you think I mean by that? Spiritual discipline brings freedom in your life. Maybe because you have more knowledge, and that gives you freedom. Knowledge of the Bible, knowledge. Yeah. 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 Your knowledge gives you that freedom. Anyone else? Yeah, I think when you lack discipline, like you, you're a slave to your nature, your sinful nature. I think discipline helps you to to be more in contact with God's nature, so you're freed from the flesh in a sense. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that person who can just play the guitar with utter freedom. You know, not hold back and just play. You know, in our spiritual life, we have more freedom as we grow into spiritual disciplines. I can't explain it to you. But lust, I can deny lust a lot easier than I used to. Temptation is not as strong anymore. 
weird and humbling saying that out loud. I know Satan's going to attack me <laughs> while I say that. And I say that for your benefit, mm. knowing that I'll be attacked. Mm. And I ask Christ to leave me not in temptation when I say that. Mm. But the truth is, it has gotten easier. And I believe it's because the freedom of spiritual disciplines mm. in my life. Mm. And it's not like, oh, if I pray an hour a day or if I do this formula... It's a spiritual thing that the Holy Spirit does through the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. There's a freedom that comes from it. I just want to read a little part of this book, page 23 here, um, that was really helpful for me about this freedom. I want us to get excited about just digging in. We have not advanced very far in our spiritual lives if we have not encountered the paradox of freedom. They are, we are most free when we are bound. But not just any way of being bound will suffice. What matters is the character of our binding. The one who would be an athlete, but who is unwilling to discipline his body by regular exercise and abstinence, is not free to excel in the field or the track. His failure to train vigorously denies him the freedom to run with the desired speed and endurance. With one concerted voice, the giants of devotional life apply the same principles to the whole life. Discipline is the price of freedom. Discipline is the price of freedom. Um, I'm starting to really enjoy discipline. Thinking about that whole word, discipline. And um, I, I was truly amazed because just at the end of this book, there's, there's a quote by Pistol Pete Maravich. Here's a question. Who knows Pistol Pete Maravich? Okay. This guy was a um, 1950s basketball player back in the day. And he was the first real trickster on the court with the, with the, behind the back. He used to take the ball and hit it with his elbow to pass it to people. People said he could spin the ball on his, on his finger all day. 24 hours he's done it before. You know, just like crazy, right? Useless things, probably. Some of it doesn't matter at all on the basketball court. But the guy, he would dribble with the basketball while he was riding his bike. Some people thought he was dribbling while he was, his, his dad was driving in the car. Like, all these crazy things. He averaged 50 points a game at LSU in college. Before there was a three-point shot. Which is crazy, by the way. Okay? Did he shoot every time? Probably. But... <laughs> 50 points a game before there's a three-point shot is pretty impressive, okay? This is what he said. During my junior high and high school years, anyone with interest in basketball wanted to be like Pete Maravich. Pistol Pete, as he was known, scored more points than anyone in college history and was the most electrifying basketball player of his time. Before his day, dribbling between the legs, making behind-the-back passes were considered just for show. Maravich made them commonplace. After his pro career, he was inducted to the National Basketball Hall of Fame. He became a Christian in his mid-30s and suddenly died January 1988 of a heart attack at only age 40. A year before he died, Maravich said in his interview, The key to my ability was repetition. I practiced and practiced and practiced again. I gave the, the sport my total commitment. I tried everything I could in every way I could to perfect my skills. 
It was like an obsession. I paid off, it paid off for me as a player. I'm not sure if it paid off in life. If I had given the same devotion then to my faith, which is what I do now, I've been, been a better person in a long run, he said. That's intense. Yeah. This guy was saying this. By disciplining himself to practice shooting, passing, and dribbling, Pete Maravich became one of the greatest basketball players ever. Despite all the money and fame brought to him by the sport, he ultimately regretted giving such productive discipline to anything besides his faith in Christ. Are you willing to discipline yourself in the same way he did in the Christian faith as he did in basketball? Are you willing to discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness? As much as he was willing to discipline himself for the purpose of basketball. Does godliness mean as much to you as basketball once meant to Pete Maravich? Just as the only way to God is through Christ, so the only way to godliness is through the Christ-centered practice of spiritual disciplines. Will you discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness? Where and when will you begin? It's a good end to the book. You're like, oh, I already read the book. But what I think, it's a, it's a great thing to think about. You know, you've got these athletes that just put all their effort into this. And I, am I giving just, and I know what that feels like as a basketball player. You know, not leaving the court. Eight hours being on the court. If you're an athlete, you understand what I mean. If you practice an instrument, if you've done anything, you know, that you've really desired and been passionate about, you understand what this means. But Pistol Pete's quote is powerful. Yeah. And if I did that with my Christian faith. And so we got to start somewhere. Are you Pistol Pete right now in the Christian faith? It's humbling to say I'm not. You know, but I want to spiritually go between my legs, you know, take the Bible, what's up, you know, spiritually I could do all this stuff, you know, and, you know, do this, do that, and, 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 and spiritually be comfortable like that, you know, one of the things I always dream about is being a really old man, and not bringing a Bible up to preach, and just preaching without a Bible, that's just like something I've always dreamed of doing. And, and then the Holy Spirit said, why are you waiting until you're old? Because you're not going to remember anything. <laughs> but the truth is, what's inspiring is that we can start today. And so what I wanted to do is, we have our family groups here, and we can split up how we want. But I, I came up with a spiritual discipline survey. Just for you to think about. And I, and I wrote specifically on this. The purpose of this survey is not to guilt you out. Can I get an amen? amen? Amen. All of us are on the field. We all got a ball. And some of us can dribble real good. Some of us are kind of up high. Some of us are different in different places. It's okay. But what God wants us to do is get better. Grow in the spiritual disciplines. And, and this is a great, because what we're going to do is in the beginning of this, you know, kind of midweek, giving this out to you. Then I want you to keep it. Put it in your Bible. Answer the questions real simply. Pray over these things. Talk about it with your group. Then I want you to go back at the end of this class, maybe at the end of the year. Think about, hey, what would I answer to that now? First question, I think you know this already. The purpose of spiritual disciplines is? To become more like God. Godliness. 
freedom. That's also true. Both are right answers. But according to the scripture, discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. N-S-A-B, right? So I'm going to hand these out, and then we're just going to break up. Break up, be in your family groups, and see what comes of this. Okay, guys? So I'm going to hand these out, and uh, we'll just end when we end, guys. I know the women are in the other room, but... um, If you want to keep a couple for your other parts of your family group, I'll send this out. And um, speaking of basketball, I actually need to take Josh to something right now. But you guys are awesome, and uh, I hope this has been helpful for you. We looked at one passage, 1 Timothy 4, 7 through 8, and uh, go through this together. I really am excited kind of to have these as a discussion point for you guys. So love you guys. You guys, um, get, get everyone one of these. Woo! 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 Woo!